Why don't we sit down and listen? Take shelter with EG. Kyle's words are scorching like a glass of shut the hell up. Told you this one's super rough. Why we do the podcast if you pay all our bills. Where is my Alex? Where is my Hughes? Where is my happy ending chof? Where have all the theories gone? I see where you're going. It took me a minute to figure out the song. Yeah, that one was a tough one to do. You got it, though. You did good. I apologize about that one. It was a little rough, but Mm -mm. I got it out. Kind of like a poop. Hey, who else is putting out a song? Nobody. Oh, so I am the winner. Embrace it. Embrace Embrace winning by default. Uh, (laughs) Just like when I race myself. Mm -hmm. I'm the winner. Mm -hmm. You're the winner. Well, uh, welcome to Every Man's Guide to Nerddom, where we are two 30 to 40-something-year-olds to talk about pretty much whatever we want. I'm Chris. And I'm Kyle. And if uh, you guys would like to join in the conversation, especially after this episode, because I think this could spur a lot of really cool conversation, there's a link to our Discord server in the show notes below us. Below. Um, Check that out. Discord's free if you don't know what it is, if you guys are just kind of popping in. Most of our nerdy gamer friends know and do use discord but there's a lot of topics for conversation that are set up inside there there's everything from anime to video games to movies to beer and arts and the what and art art funkos like categories for everything so you guys hop in there tell us what you think about the episode especially this one because i think this one could spar spar yeah we're gonna spar spar fight no, we're, this one could spur um, some cool conversation, and I'm really curious to see what you guys have to say about that. Um, also, if you want to hang out with us and see us do things live and in person on the internet, um, not like you're thinking, we play games on Twitch every Friday and Saturday night. We do a lot of community games with a lot of people. Um, Friday Very night, poorly. we kind of do uh, what we call Freaky Friday, which are just big party community games. Saturday night is Spooky Saturday, which we try to focus on horror-themed games that we play together uh, every Friday and Saturday night, starting about 7.30 p.m. Central Time. You can catch Chris over there at GuyverUnit01. It's G-U-Y-V-E-R-U-N-T-0-1. You can catch me at K-Sig, K underscore S-I-G, both on Twitch. Um, Chris, hopefully be freeing up soon to stream some more through the week. I do uh, whenever I have time in the evenings. So catch us, hang out. It's good times. Um, but this week, this episode, this one that we're doing, I'm trying to do my radio voice now, Chris. How do you think about that? Hold on, hold on. Go in the baby in the morning. Put in the megaphone. That's the radio voice. And the radio hard, voice. Tune, hard tune and mega hard tune and uh, megaphone. Cartoon megaphone. Uh oh, my Go XLR is not cooperating. Uh oh, it's not not quite. Welcome to Chris and yep. Kyle in the morning with Dingo and the baby. Hmm. I can't do any voice effects or anything right now because we'll just reset it real quick. Uh, no, nah, we're just gonna go with it. All I'm right. just gonna go with it. My and now you just cut out. There we go. My EQ is working. Um. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Oh, oh. there it is. Okay. All right, Kyle. Anyway. Uh, where, uh, what are we talking about? 
Harpoon. There we go. Yeah, nope. Harpoon it. I, I got too much echo and reverb. I'm just going normal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today, so we, we were talking through the week. We had an idea one time doing uh, some conspiracy theory stuff, like fun conspiracy theories, not stuff that's going to piss everybody in the world off one no way or the other. No political shit, yeah. no um, human rights stuff, none mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff. But then we figured, you know what, we're not ready for that. So we went with what we know and uh, fan theories because fan theories are really fun things to talk about because it's the kind of stuff that you end up talking about with your friends. It's that whole which superhero could kick which superhero's ass or you're like, I think this is why this is happening in the show. It's just fan theories. It's fun stuff to like discuss and talk about. Mm-hmm. and throw out there and i think it'll spark some cool conversation within the community um we grabbed a lot of this stuff okay so i guess cite your sources kind of shit whatever we grabbed a lot of this from buzzfeed which i'm pretty sure they got a lot of from reddit so i'm going to consider it you know public domain <laughs> public domain at this point um because that's, you know, probably some of their comments and suggestions and then some other places on the internet. We found some other things, but it's a lot of movies and TV shows. Some of the stuff towards the end is actually some confirmed theories from the creators of some of these uh, shows and movies and uh, properties and things. And so, yeah, it's going to be cool. I'm interested to see, hear Chris's thoughts on some of this um, as we talk back and forth about it. It's like, is this... Is this a legit theory? Is this a mm-hmm. plausible theory? Or is it bullshit? So, when we will tell you, Kyle was going to take complete lead on this because we started off, like he said, thinking about we were going to do conspiracy theories. Yeah. And then we completely changed directions literally 10 yesterday. minutes before we <laughs> <or> yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I know a little bit more about this side now, too. So, I will completely admit I am underprepared for this, but Kyle's going to take some lead. I'll join in where I can on this. I'm going um, to uh, completely snowball and be like, I am totally prepared for this one. <laughs> or we can lie to you guys. We're both mm-hmm. completely prepared. We are for this. so ready. We've put so much work into so it. Weeks and weeks of research. Weeks, and, and anyone tells us otherwise, we will punch you in the ding ding liars so there's the dick joke so let's jump like let's just go ahead and just jump right into it so one of the first ones came across um, and we actually this movie came up last night while we were playing gang beast titanic oh it did didn't it Mm -hmm. the classic i remember watching titanic on two vhs tapes you had a little break in the middle and you go get some popcorn come pop that one tape out put the other one in so far back the classic classic titanic so this fan theory um states that jack never existed which is really interesting to think about when you really think and a lot of these are like that if you really think about it and you really dive into like that kind of makes sense that could work and then suddenly like oh well that's stupid when you get to the end of it but this one kind of makes sense. So the theory is that Jack never existed. Rose was so upset about her abusive arranged marriage that she invented an imaginary person who could make her happy, which is why there is no record of him. 
And so that's kind of a cool theory when you think about it. You know, she it was a coping thing for her. She's on this this ship, and maybe it the theory doesn't state if she invented or if she conjured him in her mind um, prior to all the events, like as as we watched you know it unfold with her and jack's romance and stuff throughout the movie or if it was like a coping thing after the fact she's like oh okay well you had the trauma of the the ship going down combined with her being upset about her abusive arranged marriage and then that's how she just dealt with the whole situation after the fact when she's like it's been 84 or however long how many years was it It it's a lot of years it was a lot of years Mm -hmm. and so um okay Oh, I haven't watched Titanic in forever. I've only watched it once, and that was enough for me. What? Only one time? We need to have a movie night with the community, and we're just going to watch Titanic. Oh, Lord. Everybody will get a bottle of wine, and we'll just sit around and at our little computer screens and watch Titanic. Um, This one, kind of like Chris, I know a little bit about Titanic. It's been a long time since I just watched it. Like, I'm going to say probably high school since I watched the whole movie last. And so being completely familiar with it, it's not there. But the parts that I do remember, um, this could be a really cool theory. Um, I'd like to hear you guys' comments on it, what you think about it. Because she, the way she interacted with him, and, like, I could see that. I could see that being a manifestation of her, of or not, not a mess well i guess it would be that but it'd be like a coping mechanism with all the the bad shit that that was surrounding her throughout the whole course of the of the movie so it, well i mean let's be frank she had a shitty life yeah like yeah. really shitty and the mind does funny things to cope with trauma or you know just yeah just trauma like abuse mm-hmm. or other stuff and you can invent, um, invent situations and like the ideal stuff. Like it was reminding me of, that's why it, it gave me an inspiration. There was this movie called uh, Gerald's Way, Gerald's Game from like 2017 with the, um, oh, what's her name? Carla Gucciani. What's her name? She was in um, Gucciani. Gugino from, um, I think she was the mom in Spy Kids. And way back then. Yeah, uh, she was in Sin City. She's the one who, who got her hand eaten by Kevin. Mm-hmm. Um, like her and her husband are doing like these sexy games. She's hanging up to the bed and like he dies. And she is trapped, handcuffed to the bed. Okay. No way of getting out. But she swears that she keeps seeing this disfigured man with bones and trinkets and stuff appearing before her. And she thinks that she's going crazy. Her mind's inventing the situation to deal with this trauma. Oh, so she's aware of her own. Yes and no manifestation in a way. This movie is fucking nuts like i really enjoyed it it was a really good movie but it kind of reminded me of that like you know just like did rose invent jack because i have heard that that theory before but just never really dove into it like it's a cool one to think about i'm i'm glad you put that up there because i wouldn't have thought to put that up there 
Now, this next one is from a, from one of my like favorite movies of all time, and you know we like the B movies, right? We like the oh, movies we love that are B movies. And I don't qualify this as a B movie, but I do think of this as one of those movies that people that is not popular. People didn't like that. I genuinely liked and would still go back and watch uh, from time to time is the Blair Witch Project. So the theory here is that, like, if you remember at the end, like the movie basically ended when they were in the in a little structure and uh, he sees his buddy like staring off into the corner and then like the footage ends. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that was like the just for the movie itself, it was the premise. It would like make one stand in the corner. The witch would make one stand in the corner while she killed one and then killed the other one. Something similar to that. Um, but this fan theory is that the witch never existed. OK, so if you remember, there were the movie centered around the three filmmakers. There was Josh, right. Mike and Heather, the two dudes and the chick. Right, 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 right. And so. The theory is that the witch never actually existed. Surprise. What? No, nothing paranormal there. But instead, Josh and Mike, which were the two guys uh, who filmed the documentary with Heather, actually led Heather to the abandoned house and murdered her before the release of the movie. So this is some early viral marketing stuff that, that Blair Witch did. Um, before the release of the movie, the filmmakers released Heather's journal on a website and it gave several clues that helped connect the dots. So there's a YouTube video out there. Um, if I can find it, I'll put it in the Discord that really breaks this down. Um, I think that could be plausible if there wasn't sequels made that really seemed to focus on the witch, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Um, I only watched The Blair Witch Project, and then there was a movie I picked up at Sam Goody in college called The Bear Winch Project, which was not a sequel. Um, I I believe I saw that one too. Yep. Yep. Actually, uh, I think I gave that to my dad for Father's Day one day as a gag gift. He's like, What's this? And then he calls me like a week later. He has it. He's like, So uh, that was not, that was not a scary movie. (laughs) But uh, yeah. So that one would make for a cool little twist. I I really like the Blair Witch Project. Um, It actually, like, some people are like, Oh, it's not that scary. I've been lost in the woods before when it got dark and it, it is Fuck scary. That. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That was terrible. And, uh, so that's where it kind of sat with me, the whole being the scary part of it. It was one of the first found footage movies made that got really popular. Um, I remember there being a big, there was a big viral marketing campaign. Like they marketed it really well. Right. Um, there was debate for like a while. Like, is this really a documentary? Like, because they didn't hide the fact or they didn't really dissuade any of those theories when it was first coming. Like, this is this really a documentary? You know, you said the previews and all this stuff. It was, it was done really well. Uh, in my eyes, it was. I but liked Bear Witch. I remember seeing it in the theater. Yeah. You mean Blair Witch? Yeah. Bear Witch. Bear Winch. Bear Winch. <laughs> we did one called Beer Witch. Oh, the Beer Witch Project. Yep. Mm. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I could see that. Like it, it would. I could see that. Totally. It would make make sense if they didn't do the sequels. I mean, you know, and that property's still going. There was a video game released not very long ago. Um, I know I have it on PC. 
the Blair Witch Project game, which goes a different direction. And you tried to stream that, didn't you? I tried to stream it, and I really wanted to get into it and like it. There was something visually about the game that would, after so long, it would give me motion sickness or something wouldn't sit right. Like it just, and I really wanted to like it. Um, and I did like what I did get to play. I just couldn't physically keep going through the game because there was something with the motion blur or something that just wasn't right that would make me a little queasy, a little queasy at my tummy. Right. So, but still a cool game, worth checking out. Yep. I enjoyed watching you do it. So, this next one, um, I figured you'd really like this. And uh, this, this does involve. <laughs> You know, we, we, we did an episode, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, over the all the Jokers? Yep, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And so, no, three. Three now. So we're we're going against a rule, and, and uh, he who should not be discussed. In Suicide Squad, there's a theory that says Jared Leto's Joker is not the real Joker, but a former Robin kidnapped and tortured by the real Joker. So when you see the oh. Robin, mm-hmm. so when you see the Robin suit in Batman versus Superman with jokes on you, Batman written on it, you can see bullet holes, which is which just so happen to correspond with the wounds on Jared Leto's body. I haven't confirmed this. I didn't go out there and double check this, but supposedly those match up with uh, Joker from Suicide Squad. So their their theory is Batman probably killed the real killed the real Joker in a fit of rage, but can't bring himself to kill Robin. So that reminds me of there was a Batman Beyond movie, okay, called Return of the Joker, and um, how much do you know about Batman Beyond? Do you, did you watch the show? No, I didn't actually. Okay, so. The whole show is about Bruce is aging and still trying to carry on the fight, but he's an old, old man now. This is where we meet um, Ace, the bat hound too, the bat dog. Mm-hmm. Um, Ace is always with like a giant Doberman. Um, and he, Bruce is trying to find a successor and he finds one in Terry McGinnis who becomes Batman Beyond. In the future, there's, there's a game called the jokers they worship the joker and mm-hmm. so they all you know they dress in clown stuff they get mods like one of them ends up getting like a uh buzzsaw hand that'll go back all the shit well in return of the joker the joker's back looks like the joker sounds like the joker doing all the joker shit but the joker batman the whole time bruce is like no the joker's dead this is not the joker well, you come, okay, spoiler, you come to find out this was a former Batman, or a former Robin, the Joker is. Oh, so that's probably where they pulled this theory. It's, um, I think it was Dick. Uh, Such a Dick move. Let me look. Movie, Return of the Joker. So to me, that sounds like it ties in a little bit of a another storyline because if he's saying joker's dead right that that kind of ties in a little bit to what we talked about with the killing joke theory like did batman kill joker at the end of killing joke and it would make sense that he did right and so that could pull all that together 
Ooh, it could, couldn't it? Mm-hmm. 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 While you're doing this, I'm trying to figure, I'm trying to see who it was. I'm pretty sure it was. Oh, it was Tim Drake. Okay. So it was, yeah, it was Tim Drake, who was played by Dean Stockwell. There you go, making another dick error. Yeah, hey, you know what? <laughs> I got my dick wrong. Yeah, well, at least we got the dick conversation in. So, but yeah, no, that's that. Okay, that reminds me a lot. If so, if you all haven't seen that movie, I highly recommend it. It is Batman Beyond was probably one of the best written Batman series. Yeah, there was, and the movies are all the Batman movies are great, and this one was exceptionally good. And it's just a different take on just the clarify, Joker. You're talking about the the animated. The animated, right? The animated Batman's, right, right, which, which are really good. Better, they're really, really good. Yeah, um, mostly not kid friendly. Um, several that aren't. I would say several not. that aren't, but some are. Like the Batman, bring on the Batman was kid friendly because that was CW. For the most part, Batman Beyond was. For the most, part. well, the the CW run stuff is. I'm talking about like some of the standalone. Oh, no, yeah, no, 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 not the new stuff. Like, Batman Beyond was CW run. Yeah. And um, Fox, Fox Kids. Oh, like Fox, I can't think of it. Fox. The... Fox. But yeah, no. so that's an interesting one, though. Yeah, so you can... kill... I want to go huh. back and see that because that would tie that in more to, you know, because Suicide Squad kind of stood out on its own. Right. From that whole... DC that run in the DC universe because that came out during that time, which the and we're talking we're talking the original Suicide Squad one, not the not the redone one, right? And not the good one. DC's gotten really confusing with their universe the last few years. Like there's so many extra spinoffs and things going on that extra stories that. And this is like right around that time when it was about to start getting really confusing with all these extra movies coming out and extra mm-hmm. lines. And, you know, before Joker or the Joker and the Batman and now they're going, I don't know. It's confusing. I, I need to make a flow chart to keep up with all. Well, that. here's the thing, though. They, they might be rebooting the entire thing again. Did you see this week? No, I guess that they have a new CEO over there. Who is that? Is that Sony who owns DC? No, it's um, uh, Warner Brothers. Oh, Warner Brothers. The new CEO came in and said, uh, supposedly there's rumors that he said, scrap the entire DCU, including the Arrowverse, and reboot it, start fresh. He's Basically, it's all shit. Starting, so are they wanting to start fresh using the new Batman movie itself as the kick? I don't know. Pin, or get, like, we're just going to start it all over again. That, I, I think it's I think it's saying start it all over again. Like that includes the Flash TV show. Hmm. Well, because you know, two of their stars got arrested in the past two weeks, three weeks. And anyway. uh, that would kind of make things tough. Yeah. So I don't know. I, it's I kind of thought it's an interesting one. You know, a lot of people didn't like the Batman. I liked it. Um, and I like I thought that could be a really cool like if they're gonna kick everything back off again, that would be a cool one to do it from. Um but it like what you're saying, man. I want to look into that some more because now I'm wondering. So the Suicide Squad one was pretty cool. This one, this is a quick little one here about Jurassic World. Um, 
somebody. I love Jurassic World. I do too. I do too. I mean, I love Jurassic Park. Anything. Um. This this person, you know, one of their favorite fan theories was the Indominus Rex actually has some human DNA, which accounts for its intelligence and ability to outwit our main characters as well as the other dinosaurs. I could see that. I could see that. I mean, it could just be a really smart dinosaur. Yeah. Well, I mean, so they're it, saying it's got more. It with. It's got more than dino DNA. Dino DNA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's an say. I love that movie. Like, I don't know. Did you watch any of the Camp Crustaceous on Netflix? Uh, no. My daughter's been watching it though. Was it like, okay. You yeah, need to watch seasons. that with Little Man. It's like three seasons now. Before maybe this one I'm thinking of it's in four because my daughter's yeah, been watching like, it. It's four because I've I I binged it like I'm like oh this is kind of dumb and then I'm like okay and the next thing I know I'm binged all four seasons. Yeah, apparently it got really good and actually has a good story and arc and stuff. Oh, it's a great story and the voice acting's top notch mm-hmm. and um the Indominus is in there the Scorpius is in there. Maybe worth like watching. it's 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 really good and i could kind of see how this fan, here's where it all comes full circle how that fan theory has some um oomph to it yeah because those things are so freaking smart in this show like more smart than you would give like your common lizard mm-hmm. so i could see how that would have some some pull you could see that there could be some chaos theory thrown in there as well as why they're so smart like you know life finds a way kind of thing uh where there was actually because they're one they're messing and tinkering with their evolution just to be able to make them right just to be able to create those so maybe in that process it sped up some super sciencey term that i don't know about to <laughs> to make them smarter is that i don't know if uh, anybody out there is uh, a scientist that specializes in D- uh, DNA, genealogy, things like that, please let us know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's several of you out there that listen to the show. So, <laughs> several. Yep, we need uh, all you paleontologists get together. You know, let's let's talk about that. Um, this one's kind of cool. This one's kind of cool. Something I haven't really thought about, and I'm going to not pronounce this word right. So Justin's probably going to crucify me on this. Um, it's uh, about the uh, typo, the back, back, the the Back to the Future trilogy. So there's a fan theory that that claims the this entire franchise is uh, how do you say it? Chiasmus, Chiasmus. It's a story where the events mirror and or happen in reverse halfway through. Chiasmus. So I'm trying to think of a Chiasmus. good good example. Let me see if I can find a movie that. Um, is a good example of that type of movie. So we can kind of like wrap our head around that about, you know, wrap our head around that a little bit better. Uh, of course, as soon as I look it up, there's like everything's talking about. Okay, so it's going to be like a reverse. So they're saying about halfway through. Uh, I'll read the theory and then we can talk about it. So the middle of it occurs in the second movie when Doc explains the alternate timeline to Marty. And then Biff reveals how that alternate timeline was caused by Marty in the next scene. Oh. 
and so what I'm what I'm wrapping my head around here is thinking that the movie splits to the alternate timeline at that point. Either it splits to the alternate timeline at that point, or it's it's running in parallel. So there's two timelines happening at the same time. So now we're getting into the whole as much as we love time travel and alternate timelines. Time here. travel so much. I didn't even think about that when I put this on here because we do not do well with alternate timelines running Mm-mm. parallel. It's it's multiverse shit and back to the future. But basically, the way I wrap my head around this, and you guys can tell us if we're wrong, because I probably am, is that this is stating that once that's explained, then we jump. We're jumping from one timeline to the alternate timeline, and then that's how the, the rest of the movie is going. Or we're jumping to the original timeline, and the first half of the trilogy was the alternate timeline. It could be one or the other. But would that make the alternate timeline the original timeline? In the original timeline, it's already hurting thinking. Whatever, about let's this. go to Fight Club. Yeah, go to Fight Club. I just uh, thought of some more, so I added some too. All right. So I've heard this one several times. Fight Club is such a fun movie to talk about anyway. It was like, oh, shit. Fight Club was like one of my first, one of those first like mindfuck movies, you know, that like really screwed with you. Yeah. Um, I didn't Itch watch tips, it, Bob until like a year or two after it came out. So luckily it didn't get ruined for me. That's true. This is before the age of spoilers where you just had to trust you. Like your friends would start talking about it. Like, no, 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 no. I haven't watched it yet. Like you didn't stumble across spoilers. Like shut up. As easy as you did now. So the fight club was one of those first movies that kind of screwed with me. And at the end, I was like, Oh, that's so cool. There's a twist, a twist. But the, the, the fan theory is, uh, so there's a one freaky fan theory that claims that the narrator and Tyler Durden are meant to be grown-up versions of Calvin and Hobbes. Which is really interesting. So the narrator is Calvin, and Tyler is Hobbes, and they're on their, and so the narrator, Calvin and Tyler Hobbes, are on his way of letting his dark side out without, have, without him having to take responsibility. Let me, I think that's interesting. Let me tell you why I don't like that theory. Okay. It fucks with my childhood. <laughs> I, don't like it. I don't like it because it touches. I don't like it because I loved Calvin, Calvin and Hobbes. Mm-hmm. And it just fucks with my childhood. So that's why I don't like it. I don't think it's a solid, like, for one, do I think this is it? No, no. not at all. I think it's a cool way. To, again, to build off what you said, you know, it's screwing with your childhood. Mm-hmm. I think it's a cool way for for people that were familiar with Calvin and Hobbes as children to wrap their head around the events of the movie. Because the movie does fuck with your head. It does. It does. And, you know. Kind of like Seven did. Yeah. It's like, hey, you got an imaginary friend? Cool. Then you'll like Fight Club. But why? Well... <laughs> I mean, that's really what it was. It was just like his imaginary friend, but you're a grown-up and you have a lot of issues. Yeah. Um, um, I think that's this an is interesting a good, one, though. Yeah, it's plausible. No. Uh, the reasoning behind it, I think, is just to help, like I said, just to help people, like, relate to the movie a little bit more. Right. Right. I'm trying to read through some of this, but yeah, that's... 
I don't think that holds a lot of ground, but I agree with you. But yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah. As an actual fan theory of what's going on in the movie, no. But just as a way to explain it in, a, in, in terms that people can understand, especially those that left Calvin and Hobbes and wants their childhood ruined. So there you go. Um, this one uh, be a cool one for everyone to discuss. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit. I'm I'm not super Harry Potter savvy myself. And it's been years since I've read it, so I'm a little mm -hmm. rusty, but we'll it's, give it a shot. It's been here. probably like four years since I've watched all the movies start to end again. It's been longer than that for me. You know, and I, I need to, I want to do that again. Um, but it says, uh, theory is, since Harry was an unintentional horcrux, horcrux created by Voldemort, the Dursleys acted the way they did around him directly because of that. He says, think about it. The same way Ron acted when he wore the locket. Well, if they were actually really nice people, but because Harry was the Horcrux, they acted that way for a reason, and it was foreshadowing the whole time. I think that's an interesting theory, because Ron, when he did wear the locket, I mean, his attitude, his whole demeanor did change. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, he, he got fucked up by it. But I don't know. I don't know about this one, because, I mean, Harry was a really powerful Horcrux, mm -hmm. but... I just think the Dursleys were fucking awful people to begin with. So, I don't know. You know, we know that, I mean, it could hold some ground because people do get influenced by stuff. Like listening to our show. I mean, this is not a great example, but it's an example. Um, they listen to our show. They might be influenced to read or look at something that they haven't done before right yep. just influencing that would have to be a really strong magic to make them completely act just terrible like all of them all the time because the locket was one thing and it made ron act just all crazy but i don't know i got a hard time with that one well here's my thing and i think it's and people will probably get pissed over this. I'm getting ready to piss off Harry Potter fans and our fellow Star Wars nerds. I think we give a little too much credit of the intricacies of the movies being pre-planned. The intricacies of the stories in the books being pre-planned. Right. Okay. And so I think there's, there may have always been a bigger vision like with Star Wars, with Harry Potter, like there was a shit ton of books. Was there six, seven? How many books were there for uh, Harry Potter? Seven. seven. That J.K. Rowling's ideas, like for the whole movie, she didn't have all that thought in, planned out in her head to the detail when she wrote the first book. No way. I don't believe it. I won't believe that, you know, that all the sequels and prequels were sitting in George Lucas's head with all the great detail that we have. Right. When the first movie came out. Uh, because it wasn't even episode four when it was originally released. That was anyway, that's a whole nother thing. Yep. Um, and so I think that the writing and things evolve to give callbacks and things to stuff that was originally written. So as you progress through the series, it may like things will happen just like, um, you know, Ron with the locket that could make this theory seem true because 
she built off the events earlier in the series right to make it seem with the events when they were originally written were not meant to lead to this right. but they were able to use the general premise you know we said this happens in in uh, the marvel movies all the time things are left pretty wide open early on and okay we can call back to this we can throw back to this but mm -hmm. the, it was not necessarily the original plan right right, right. and so Almost i don't like think an afterthought it's an afterthought. yeah like okay well we can use this and so I think we we give some of these create like they deserve a ton of credit for one from creating these uh, immensely popular and mm -hmm. great franchises, but I don't think these visions are as detailed all the time as we give them credit to be. No, I don't either. You know, um, I'd love us to talk about that with Star Wars at some point in time. That it was I I don't think the original vision for nine movies was there. Or even six, or even three, when the first one came out. I mean, all the the clues are there, right? You know, Layla wasn't going to be his sister until Layla was his sister. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there's yeah, yeah. there's just too much there. Still love them, but we can talk about that at another time. Uh, I almost don't want to. I know. Do we want to? I do don't want to put wanna... thoughts in our heads. I don't want to ruin my illusions because I love Star Wars so much. You can still love it. You can still just... love it, but then, yeah, I don't know. We'll talk about that. <laughs> you just got so uncomfortable like a seat. Just like, eh. Yeah, yeah. It just made me shudder a little bit. I'm like, oh. Here's an These are the hard one. conversations that we don't it need is. to have. Welcome to EGTN, where we tackle the hard conversations. Mm-hmm. So... Um, this is kind of a fun one. I, uh, I I think this one's interesting. It's interesting. Um, I don't. This I think this one really embodies the spirit of the fan theory, the stuff that you're like, you know what, this doesn't. I don't think the the stuff that you do not think at all is accurate. Okay, there's that. I, I don't believe this one bit, but all the parts line up so well. They do. That you're like, but it could be it. I don't think it is, but this makes sense for the most part. And so, um, and it's in all caps, there's a wild fan theory that claims Tony Stark is actually a full-fledged member of Hydra. Okay, so that's, that's our theory. Right. Here's the statements given by the, the person that had the theory to, to back this up. So he helped make the helicarriers during Winter Soldier. He invented a robot, Ultron, that was deliberately flawed so that the government would want to put the superheroes in check. He supported the Sokovia Accords, which stripped enhanced people's civil rights, which he was not an enhanced person. Mm -mm. He was a person who built his own enhancements. Still one of my favorite type of superheroes. Um, he tried to kill Bucky because he realized, okay, so this is diving into the theory part of it a little bit more. He tried to kill Bucky because he realized that Bucky was getting his memory back and could ID him as Hydra. Okay. Mm -hmm. When Thanos' people came for the Infinity Stones, he deliberately didn't call Steve Rogers for help because he wanted the Avengers to lose. Which, that doesn't seem as tied to Hydra as more of just being a secret bad guy. Right. 
And then because Dr. Strange realized what Toby was via his powers, he deliberately convinced Tony to kill himself at the end of Endgame. That last line is the so, one that kind of stuck with me a little bit. Yeah. Well, and <clears throat> so with the new Multiverse of Madness movie coming up, <clears throat> we've seen in the preview that um, Strange Supreme mm-hmm. makes a comeback from the What If series. Yep. I've seen that one. The, the, Strange- you're talking about the original yeah. trailer. Yeah, or the, the original, original the teaser that came out. I've been trying yes, to avoid yes. a bunch of other, right? The, the original, ones. the original, the one at the end of um, um, No Way Home. Yeah. Um. So, there's a theory too going around. This kind of all ties together that Supreme or Strange Supreme is in fact more powerful than Thanos. Like, could kill him with a snap. Pardon the pun, but because without the stones, without the stones because a stoneless snap, a stoneless snap, because if you think about it during what if he absorbed all those interdimensional beings, monsters, demons, mm-hmm. everything, he was omnipotent himself, basically. Yeah. And the only reason he was in that little bubble was because he allowed him to be. He kind of redeemed himself at the end. So what if that strange that came back wasn't our strange but strange supreme it wasn't because he didn't have like the you know the grayer hair the whiter hair and didn't look all dark but he could change his looks if he wanted yeah, to. it could be like a glamour spell yeah but what if it what if that was strange supreme hmm. well and you know, mm-hmm. if we keep going into the whole multiverse side of things, there would be a universe where Stark was Hydra. Yep. Well, there was a big comic arc um, as alternate reality, of course, where um, Steve Rogers, Captain America, came out to be Captain Hydra. Mm-hmm. He was an agent, you know, Steve Rogers, agent of Hydra. And he was taking down everything from the inside because he was actually captured and brainwashed during World War II. So it could have it could have some it could have a foothold. Yeah, I'm, I'm really. I don't curious. think it's I don't think it's that wild because it is the comic universe, right? Well, and there's only so many twists and things that they're going to be able to do in the time frame they're given to do Multiverse of Madness. Right. They could do any of these things. There's so many things that they could do, but they just can't do all of them. It's just not feasible. Right. Um, so I'm curious to see what they do do. Do do? What do, does do. happen? What they do do. And the effects that it'll have on the the universe going forward. Right. And so, they, I mean, basically by setting this up, they, they've given themselves just almost infinite choice. Like, this sets them up to use anything anything that they want from the comics no matter how weird and wild and far out there it, it is because they've set the framework for infinite universes infinite possibilities infinite alternate timelines that can all come together and smash into each other and now right. become the new permanent the new norm the new norm 
and could always go back and change on it unless they do something weird with canceling out all the other multiverses and then they're just being one and this is all that's left. And you never know because don't forget Ooh, there's a season cool. two of Loki. Mm-hmm. Gonna be interesting. Which, by the way, we they have confirmed that there is uh, no season two of Moon Knight right now. Really? Yep. They because they just submitted it for a um, limited for the what is it the Academy Awards consideration or oh for the Oscars or whatever. Yeah. You know what? I'm kind of okay with that. If because. For one, as a fan, it gets really overwhelming to keep up with 30 different series running at once. And like, I mean, I've told you before, like, I still haven't got to just sit down and finish Hawkeye. I keep trying. I keep starting and I just can't start. There's just getting it done. Now, Moon Knight. I am caught up on that. We did get to watch. uh, I mean, we got to watch three yesterday, which was really cool. Oh, it was great. Show's getting a little bit of hate out there. I don't understand why. I don't either. I think it's what I think because it's a ju- different direction. It's more of a horror. Yeah. Um, but m- that's kind of Moon Knight's character. Mm-hmm. I love the character. I love the visuals of the character. I absolutely love the visuals. He's like a mummy ninja. He is. And well, if you notice all his different personalities too, um, Lily pointed this out. His voice or his voice and his facial expressions yes change with each one of the characters including number three who we haven't seen yet well, we haven't seen yet they're like i, I think you? we i think we did though i like when he's like was that you no was that you no who was I that th- <laughs> i'm pretty sure we saw three already um, um so yeah we'll talk about that after the show yeah, we'll talk about that. uh, uh but we- yeah his face he does change his, his physical mm-hmm. appearance really well that and hawkeye that. was also submitted for a limited run too so there's no season two of that Okay, cool. So no huge rush to get caught. No. <laughs> okay, right. James so this, Bond. James Bond. This is a cool one. And I think that... Oh, that is interesting. Let's see, who does James Bond? Is it Universal? Is it... Or is it Warner Brothers? Who produces... Or what studio is James Bond? I don't know. Um, I was never a huge Bond fan. To be I really wasn't you. either, like... Uh, oh, Amazon ended up buying it out not too long ago. It was MGM. Uh, Amazon owns it? Amazon owns it as of, holy shit, last month? That's new. Oh, wow. Well, MGM has now become a part of Prime Video and Amazon Studios. So it's still MGM. But it, it's it's a subsidiary of but it's Amazon. Just like, it's just like Fox with Disney now. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, so anyway, so there's this really cool fan theory that all the James Bonds, James Bondses, James Bondi, Bond Bondi, um, aren't actually Bondi. the, the quote unquote real James Bond. Uh, it's the idea that each of them were brainwashed, and James Bond is just their code name. This connects to another fan theory that says the villain in Skyfall role is actually a former James Bond who's seeking revenge against the agency for taking away his identity. So, I like huh. this. I like this theory. Um, not not going on the Skyfall thing, but just the, the code name thing. That is interesting. Because that allows everything to be canon. Right. Right. 
that allows for because uh, you know there was that the 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 big push and the controversy both surrounding the thoughts of Idris Elba being being the next Bond. Like, oh, we can't have a black Bond. Mm-hmm. Well, you can. You just don't theory. want to. Well, you well, yeah, you can. And then this theory also that would support that. So not only supports that, but kills any argument that anybody would have against. Well, like, yeah, you can, and you have no reason not to be able to, uh, canon or not, or you know, prejudices aside or not, whatever. Because you know what? There's not a James Bond. There's the James Bond. Or hold mm-hmm. on, there's not the James Bond. There's a James Bond. Right. I said it backwards to start with. Not not one bond, but many bonds to many. constitute a bond rack. <laughs> you just throw a Wayne's World reference Maybe. into it. James Maybe. Bond theory. Okay. okay. That was good. I'm not Bond. I'm not Bond. Yeah, there's two Wayne's Worlds. Oh, God. That's great. I do like that theory, though. That would be I, interesting because then, you know, you have MI7, like super secret organization. Mm-hmm. Um, is it MI7? It is MI7, that Bond's part of, isn't it? It's MI6. MI6? Oh, God. We're going to get crucified for that one. Yeah, whatever it is. Again, we've both admitted we don't really watch. We're not big Bond fans. No, I watch when if it's on, or I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll watch. This. I watch some of the older ones, and it's, but it's been a long okay. time. Yeah, me too. And I'm I won't prioritize them over something else. No, but I am a big fan of what they've influenced in those type of movies. Yeah, I mean, if we didn't have if we didn't have all these great Bond movies, we would not have arguably one of the best movie series trilogies whatever of all time and that's austin powers yeah that is true that is Mm -hmm. true no bond no austin powers and the best car of all time you remember what it is oh the uh god was it it wasn't his dad's mint well there was the joke about the mini um crap what was his car you know it It was the Shagwire. Oh, yeah, it's Shagwire. It was the Shagwire. Baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all those movies were just solid gold. Gold, solid movies. So, <laughs> gold. I'm so gold. So, yeah, that, that's a really cool theory to, uh, to go off of. Um, it just makes things more cohesive, I guess you could say. It could. And Kyle's going to continue. I'm going to take a little uh, potty break okay. real quick. So, so go I'm gonna, on. I'm listening. I'm going to read this one really slowly so Chris can pee because it takes him a long time. Um, and he's not near the microphone, so he can't defend himself right now. Aha! <laughs> I can hear him hollering in the background. This is a really cool one. So we're, we're now we're getting in. Some of these are uh, these next two theories that we're going to discuss are actually confirmed okay these are these two are either confirmed well these both were actually confirmed by the creators of the properties uh this first one's going to have a little bit of a lengthy intro because i think it's just so cool to get into so this is the uh 
the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Daredevil connection, which has multiple confirmed sources. I did do a little research on this one as opposed to some of the other ones. Um, in the 1964 debut issue of the Daredevil comic, Matt Murdock is set on the path towards becoming the uh, titular Marvel hero when he saves a blind man from getting hit by an oncoming truck. Consequently, he comes into a into contact with a radioactive isotope that falls from the truck. Although his exposure to the substance results in his own blindness, it also heightens his remaining senses. So that's where we get Daredevil. Here's your Daredevil origin story. Okay, so as noted by uh, the source called The Week, Eastman and Laird, who are the creators of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle franchise, which started way back when in comics, um, extrapolated that this that the canister containing the isotope also collided with a bystander who happened to be carrying his pet turtles in a fishbowl. Those turtles, of course, went on to become Leonardo, Michelangelo, Dante, and Raphael the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And while we probably can't call the mutual origin canon, it remains pitch-perfect homage to one of Marvel's most iconic characters. And so, um, and also that's like not the only link to Daredevil to be found in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles either. Splinter's name was a tip of the hat, so a little nod um, to the Daredevil supporting character Stick. So this is this is coming from Laird himself, um, referring to Murdoch's Ninja Master during the Frank Miller run. Meanwhile, the Turtles' nemesis, the Foot Clan, were so named because Daredevil battled the Hand at the time. So they they pulled their influence from the 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 Miller run. A lot of their influence came from the Miller run. So this was coming directly from the creators themselves. This wasn't some uh, you know wild fan theory that somebody wrote up. This was directly from the creators of the turtles directly uh from uh from laird and uh i just went blank um <laughs> the other guy son of a bitch i can't believe i forgot his name eastman eastman and laird so this is this is really cool so they, they had this really cool property that they created and they had an influence now it doesn't say and this goes back again to um, you know, our kind of our Star Wars thing that they this was the original thought of it. I kind of like to think that it was though that the because they were both huge Daredevil fans, and so they were paying homage to something that influenced them to to do what they did to create their art to create their. I mean, I want to call it the masterpiece because turtles are awesome. Turtles are awesome. And so, because it technically is two separate universes and different properties and studios and things like that, when you really get down to it, they can't call it canon. But in their head, that's where the Turtles came from. It's a linked event, which I thought was really cool. So, I like that. I mm-hmm. think that's got some... Well, and can it really be a fan theory if both creators said, yeah? No. I think this is um, just a cool fact. Or it could, I mean, if they're fans of Daredevil, it could be their own, well, no, it wouldn't be their own theory because they're like, yeah, they prove their own theory. Yeah, if they prove their own theory, I mean, it's more fact then. Yeah. That's still really fucking cool. I've never heard that. Yeah, I hadn't either until I was diving into looking for things for this. 
Um, this next one is one that I think is pretty obvious when you see it. Um, and I, you know, I'd seen it discussed and then, you know, it being confirmed from the, the career. So this is more along the lines of the fan theory stuff that ended up becoming confirmed by the writers and creators of the, of the property. And it concerns uh, the great show Adventure Time um, and Nuclear War. So I didn't, I had no clue on this one. You never made this connection? No. What? I didn't get the, I didn't get the, all the way through the show though. Well, it's more prevalent early on in the earlier episodes because earlier ones were, I don't know, about the middle of the show. It got a little fluffier early on. It was a little darker and I think it got a lot darker later on. But uh, Pendleton Ward confirmed this theory as early as season one about uh, Adventure Time and Nuclear War. In the episode Video Makers, Jake speaks about the Great Mushroom War. I remember this pretty heavily. Um, the war occurred approximately 1,000 years before the show began. Humans became nearly extinct from the nuclear mushroom-shaped blast. And then later on, you see the flashback episodes with Simon, who is now the Ice King, and Marceline. a great storyline. Oh, God, that one. That's a... Talk about tug on your heartstrings. Son of a bitch. That was... That one hurt. Like that whole story, that was tough. Um, we also know from that episode that the bomb struck around the early 2000s when IMAX and smartphones rose to popularity. Which is nuts. And so if you look at it, and, and it, there's little nods here and there in the background um, that you, you see the destroyed cities. You see unexploded ordnance stuck in the ground in different places. Um. You know, there's the mutations, and there's just not a lot of humans. When you really think, there's not very many humans. There's there's Finn, and there's Mars Marceline-ish, kind of. You know, he's a vampire. Um, Princess Bubblegum is human. Ice King, and lumpy space princess. Well, she's not human. No, but. I just wanted to throw her in because I love her so much. I do love Lumpy Space Princess. Oh, oh, you guys, I want a hot body. <laughs> There's not oh, a lot of humans. Oh. And that and that goes to that theory that, you know, most were wiped were... out. And the Great Mushroom War is what they referred to it as. And, and now everything came to life. Uh-huh. Like bubble gum and... Oh. All the candy people. Who's the lemon prince? Lemon drop prince? Is it lemon drop? It's, um... I think it's just... Prince the whiny one. Uh, I think it's just lemon drop. Lemon drop. I, oh, I may be wrong. No, it's uh, uh, lemon grab. Oh, that's unacceptable. Right. That's right. Oh god, but <laughs> I I love to hate that guy because I the voice too. is He's just like fingernails character. on a chalkboard, but it's still so funny. And it's like, it's, it's right up to borderline cringy. You know what I mean? It like, it's yeah. just like really close to being, that's not good. Nope. That is good. And so, yeah, that, that one, go back, like, even if you just watch like the first couple of episodes. Right. Uh, especially the early stuff and they show a lot more of the background, even in the intro. And then you're like, oh, that makes sense. That's there. That's where it is. I like that theory though. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next one, Wizard of Oz, the munchkin hanging himself. Mm-hmm. Now this one does kind of fall into the conspiracy side for a little bit. It, it does because if you watch when they're walking and in the background with the, I think it's the one with the evil trees. 
Yep. You can see something just fall back there. Mm -hmm. And people claimed it was one of the munchkins. I mean, it kind of looks like it when you do it, but what did you, what was it you said when we were talking earlier? So there were, um, I'm going back to, I will make sure I quote it right. There were other things on set because there were a lot of animals on set. Um, you know, some people were saying that it was staged, um, or a stagehand wandering on set or, you know, one something falling. Um, that it could have been several different things. There was, uh, hold on, I'm going through some other, oh God, there's some deeper things there that we're not going to talk about that happened. Nope. Wow. I'll let you guys look that up on your own. Um, I thought they said it was, it was one of the birds that was on set going a certain way, like the shadows. Like it was pretty much dismissed and not confirmed and proven to be false. Um, but it is an interesting theory. Yeah. I'm trying to look it up here. Maybe there's what I'm looking for. Um, uh, well, it just, everything's saying that it didn't happen. Okay, here we go. Uh, outdoors field, several birds of various sizes were borrowed from the Los Angeles Zoo and allowed to roam on set. A peacock, for example. So at the very end of the sequence in question, uh, you see the three main characters move down the road away from the camera. One of the larger birds, often said to be an emu, but probably a crane standing in the back of the set, moves around and spreads its wings. No munchkin, no hanging, just a big-ass bird. Just a big-ass bird, but cool theory. Cool theory. There's so much stuff around. Man, you could do a whole thing about Wizard of Oz and the weird oh, yeah. shit around Wizard of Oz and some Maybe of the stuff that, that I just read day. trying to pull this up really quick. I didn't realize that it happened. We're not gonna we're not gonna get into that. that we're not gonna get into deep episode. deep details about it in this episode. Just think of a big pile of munchkins. Okay. So or a morgy, if you will. <laughs> so many inappropriate jokes that I'm not gonna make. Hey, bring in the lollipop guild. <laughs> Just swinging their lollipops around. Just swinging their lollipops around. Just lollipopping it. Big old but, fat head on them. But that there's so, we could do we could definitely do a whole thing over just weird stuff and theories around the Wizard of Oz and not even talk about analyzing the movie itself. Right. <laughs> from that. From yeah, from pink yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Next so th- one. This is one of yours, and I kind of like yeah. it. The original well, members of the Justice League can beat Superman is a fan theory. So they're saying the original members were Flash, Green Lantern, Batman, Wonder Woman, Martian Manhunter, and Superman. So one of the theories is Superman is, you know, basically a god. Like mm-hmm. if you go by a lot of the different storylines, like when he becomes old man Superman, like he goes to live inside the sun and becomes, you know, some of the stories, he's basically immortal. Yeah. And you, he's just the most powerful member. But they're saying the combined might of all the rest of them could beat Superman, like could kill him. Because Martian Manhunter could become intangible and super strong and um, morph 
Batman, you know, who has contingency plans to kill every single member of the Justice League. And lots of money. And lots of money. Flash is super strong. Um, although I did see an interesting, one of the interesting comics where Flash is going after evil Superman mm-hmm. and was punching him at high speeds. And then he pulled back just in horror because he's going so fast he couldn't see it. His arms were just demolished from punching him. Like they were just like threads. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Wonder Woman, goddess. So uh, it's just a really interesting theory if you think about it. Like, could it actually happen? There's some grounds to it if you read all the diff- different possible theories to it. Green Lantern, most powerful, has the most powerful weapon in the universe. Can make anything out of whatever he thinks. That's the the whole the uh, the holds greater than the sum of the parts thing. Yep. Yep. With our powers combined. Yeah. Captain Planet. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that was just an interesting one. Ooh, your next one. I've seen this before. Yeah. Okay. So the next one, Breaking Bad is a prequel for The Walking Dead. Um, I don't even have to have the notes to know where this comes from. Yeah. So um, they the whole theory comes from that Walter's drug empire is the one that caused the apocalypse. Um you know why? It, uh, why the blue meth, that? wasn't it? It's, it's because of the blue meth. Yeah, the blue meth was in both shows. Mm-hmm. Um, it was that was the second episode of Walking Dead. Yeah, because uh, Daryl had it on his bike, I think. Merle or Merle, yeah, Merle had it. Yeah, I think that was more of a just a cool little nod. You think so? I think I think that was just a cool. I little mean, they're nod. both AMC. They're both AMC. Um, came out fairly close to each other. Yeah. Um, I think it was more of a little nod, but just enough there to make people think. Well, they said, uh, what was the article? Uh, possible connection, red sports car and characters named Glenn, Gus being the patient zero, and the description of Merle's drug dealer is a janky little white guy who Daryl quotes as saying, I'm going to kill you, bitch. Ooh. Um, Breaking Bad's Jesse Pinkman does fit that physical description and sure did have the penance for saying bitch. That's kind of far-fetched, that part. Still kind of cool. But Yeah, still kind of cool. Uh, next one. Sandy died at the beginning of Greece. This, I didn't, I had no clue on this one. I thought this was kind of cool. Um, the end of the movie, Danny Zuko and Sandy fly off in a red convertible as they wave goodbye, which is, you know, kind of just out there that they're flying. Um, uh, they're waving goodbye to their friends, leading to the conclusion that the car was, uh, the flying car was the result of Sandy's fantasy. As she is dead during the song Summer Nights, Danny and Sandy recount how they first met and started a summer fling. The line, I saved her life, she nearly drowned, suggests that Sandy actually did drown. And um, the elaborate musical fantasy is the lack of oxygen to her brain. Um, and then the red convertibles and um, what is it, allegory for um, her flying off to heaven. So that was an interesting one. I don't know. What do you all think of that? I mean, that one's kind of far-fetched, but it could happen. I just, again, I thought that was just a really, really interesting one. Um, Next one. There was one that Jack and the Titanic from the future, but here's the one that I really like. The always sunny characters don't actually look like that. Um, Because 
they said that you ever wonder how Dennis Mack and D look so attractive, but seem to disgust almost everyone they meet. Is it because that they're unreliable narrators and present the audience with an idealized version of themselves? Um, Dennis uses cheap tactics and manipulation to sleep with women, despite being actually attractive. Um, he has Mac normally has good sized muscles, but is shown to be weak and not very intimidating. D is an attractive woman, but no same man is ever interested in her. Um, I don't know. I'm not a big watcher of it's always sunny, but that one could have precedence. Um, yeah, this next a, one, a few, but I think that's more of a fun one. Yeah, I do too. Here's one I think Kyle will love. Bender wasn't the Bender we know in Futurama pilots. Hmm. Um, the show's first episode, Bender is uncharacteristically depressed after learning he has been making learning that he has been making suicide booths. And another theory is that Bender, when Bender reboots, his personality is set to that set to a mode that benefits his surroundings, which happens to be in the episode where he becomes a penguin. Theory states that when Bender gets electrocuted in the Hall of Criminals, he reboots to a criminal personality himself. Mm, I think I that one's kind of far. I think it was just the evolution of Bender. I do too. Yeah. Okay. So our next one is, I think this one's kind of interesting because it could have some clout. Yep. Scooby-Doo is about kids trying to escape the draft. The reason that this one came about was on the show premiere in 1969. That was the height of the Vietnam War, mm -hmm. right? Following with this? Yep. The Scooby-Doo gang, the Scooby gang is driving to Canada to escape the draft. The theory um, said that clean-cut Fred is drafted, but he's running away with his fiance okay. to escape the draft. And then Shaggy's a hippie, so of course he would be opposed to the war. Right. And Velma's an activist, so they're she would be opposed to it also. And also hot. Velma? Yeah. I'm team if Velma. We're team, team Daphne any day. I'd like Velma. Mm. That anyway. nerdy smart, smart is hot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. Which is why women aren't attracted to us. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and it came full circle. I don't know. I just think this one was kind of a, like, I, I hate some of these because there's that illusion bubble you get. Yeah. That, like with your childhood, you know, and you hate having it ruined by stuff that you can think of. But I think this is an interesting one. I think it's a very interesting. It could have some clout. There's so many of these that. OK, so like I've told you before, like I love. Fan theories and I love conspiracy theories. I'm not saying I'm, I'm a conspiracy theorist because I'm not. Yeah. I just love the links that people's mind like will go to for certain things um good or bad well mostly for the good the bad ones i'm like oh god but it's just interesting to me to see the mental gymnastics that people do sometimes to come up with some of these and some of right. these are fairly simple like some of these theories are really good because they're really well thought out it's that it's not like they have this uh you know it's i'm trying to think of the best way to explain it. it's it's almost like following a scientific process or scientific method Right. You have a theory and you're going to, it's not that they're trying to, it's like they found these through the course of going through all the evidence. Like, okay, this is, this makes sense because of all this now, not because I think this is what happened. Let's go and, you know, dig through and find every little tiny thing that can make it happen. Like the Scooby-Doo thing. 
Um, so the first episode, does it say, do they ever actually talk about going to Canada? I wonder if there's like one. Because I would have to go re-watch it, to be honest yeah. with you. Because it seems like some of these people hang these theories on one tiny little insignificant detail thing, thing that happened. And they're like, that's enough to support all of it and totally ignore all the other things that may either retcon that one little bitty thing or that contradict that one little bitty thing. And that are going to hang on really tight to that one, which really gives us some interesting things. You know, it's it's cool. Power right, to them for right. coming up with some cool stuff. But uh, when you ignore all the negating evidence, um, you know, it's fun to come in here and squash some of them too. But I, I still think they're they're fun to, to talk about. This next one's going to be really cool. Okay. The Simpsons are a family of geniuses. Yo! So we all know Lisa's a certifiable genius in Mensa. Mm-hmm. Yep, she's Mensa. Marge was once an ac- amazing academics student, but she left her academics behind to be a homemaker. Mm-hmm. And so this part isn't theory. This is all facts from the show. Okay. And this is where this all comes from. Homer, it was revealed that, if you remember, he had a crayon lodged in his brain. Yep. And that's what was suppressing his intelligence. When it came out, he was super smart, but super unhappy. And if you remember, he put the crayon back in there to become stupid and happy. Yep. Um, and we see that Bart was also gifted in one of the episodes, like super intelligent, like Lisa intelligence. Um, but then his grades began to decline. Um, the episode blamed it on, if you remember, a gene that makes Simpson men stupid. Yes, because he finds out from Grandpa Simpson. Right. Mm-hmm. But that was disproven by the crayon episode. Which one came out first, I wonder? Um, was it- I don't remember. But it, it, it directly contradicts each other. What about because, Maggie? Well, the baby's smart. Yeah, we know Maggie's smart. She always escapes stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, the pets, so we, not so much. No. Snowball, they, where, how many, what snowball are they up to now? Like 13, 14? Or whatever it is, yeah. Um, and they're saying that Bart sees how happy Homer is mm-hmm. being stupid. So that's why Bart chooses to use his powers, his intellect, instead of schoolwork. He does um, elaborate pranks instead. And if you think about it, you have to be pretty smart to do those elaborate pranks. Oh, yeah. Well, there, there's different types of intelligence, and that's something that right. gets looked over super easy. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, book smart, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's book street smart. smart. And then there's street smart. And then there's just this creativity, you know, and I think Bart's really shows some creativity, especially with his uh, phone calls to Moe's. You know, those were yeah. super creative. They were really cool. So that, that shows a different type of intelligence of Bart than your than like what Lisa has. Like I like this theory. Yeah, I think it's a great theory. I give theory. it a thumbs up. I give it oh. two thumbs up. We should have had a grading system before we started this. Son of oh, a bitch. Shit. Yes. We can do another one later. Okay, wait, no, 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 no. Listeners in our Discord. Mm, yes. Give us a rating system on what you think of all these theories. Mm-hmm. Yep. Out of 10 nerds, how many nerds up do you give it? Mm-hmm. We can share the uh, the show notes, actually, uh, in text form into the Discord, and people can vote on what they liked and what they didn't like. Yeah. 
that way you guys because it'd be hard to go back and listen to it all yeah but if you don't listen to it don't vote on it don't, don't be an vote. uninformed voter don't be a dick you don't be an uninformed voter I've i mean you're this, not wrong i've heard this next one for years i have too years in god it's or, it's so dark it is because it's such a happy show Mm-hmm. Rugrats are all figments of Angel- Angelica's imagination. Um, where this stemmed from is Angelica imagined her parents' friends having babies in order for her to have someone to play with because she was lonely and that's why she's so mean. Only child syndrome. Yeah. Chucky and his mother both died, which is why Charles was always a nervous wreck. Um, Tommy was stillborn, um, leading to Stu always making toys for the son he never had. And the DeVilles had an abortion, so Angelica imagined a male and female twins as she doesn't know the gender. Yep. This one's been going around for years. And Early internet days. Creepy. It Dark. Is. This is one of those that, like, man, I don't want to accept this one. And it's another one of those, like, it's probably not but it makes it they 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 layer it right oh 100 it makes you where it makes sense you're like man that could have been this next one's confirmed um what's the next one Kyle? the peddler the the merchant that we see at the beginning and the end of aladdin animated aladdin you know the good one uh <laughs> i can't say i haven't seen live action so i got nothing on that but um the one that we grew up with, the uh, peddler, the merchant at the beginning, Robin Williams is is the genie because he gets his wish to be free, and the genie is telling the story. The genie is the narrator. He's the peddler that you see at the beginning selling the wares and all that, which were both voiced by Robin Williams. So there's that was probably the the little kickoff. You know, we talked about that earlier. This that was probably the little thing that kicked off the theory. Mm-hmm. And I think this has been confirmed. It has been confirmed. Yeah. Um, Because um, the director, um, Ron Clements and John Musker. Yeah. um, Basically, if you look at the peddler, he has four fingers. Genie has four fingers. Ooh. Everybody Um, else has, wait, does everybody else have five? uh Uh-huh. Everyone else has five. Look up Aladdin's hand. Um, and it was voiced by Robin Williams. And Clements, he confirmed it was true because he said there was a scene planned where the peddler reveals himself to be genie, but it was cut for time. I'm glad they cut it. So yeah, I am too. Here's a really dark one, too. I've heard this one before. Nemo oh, was yeah, he em- does only have four. Oh, I've yeah. never caught that. Mm-hmm. Weird, huh? What's he missing? A pinky? Okay, anyway. Um, Nemo was an imaginary device for Marlin to come to terms with his wife's death. Like, N- Nemo never actually existed in this theory. Because it's it's like what we talked about earlier, about how the brain can come up with all sorts of scenarios for trauma. Mm-hmm. This is the death of his wife and all his kids. I think that's a little far-fetched for this one. It's interesting. It's interesting. I think it's a little far-fetched just because we wouldn't have had a Finding Nemo 2. 
or finding Dory or finding Dory or anything. You know what I mean? I'm trying to remember. Is he's in finding Dory, isn't he? Uh huh. Okay. So yeah, I think that one shoots that one out of the water. Ah! I do too. But ah. here's another interesting one. Walter White was Malcolm from Malcolm in the Middle. Do the time um, frames match up for that one? So here's where it, here's where it matches up. Um, okay. Make this one work for me. Sell me on this it, one. It's because Brian Cranston was in both shows. Number one. Yeah, I figured that was, was the linchpin. Hal and and Walter. Um, my. It, the theory says that Malcolm grew up to be Walter. Um, Malcolm was super intelligent and had a knack for chemistry, if you remember, mm-hmm. in the show. But he was also stubborn and super manipulative. Okay. Okay. Which goes hand in hand with Walter White, right? And plus, Malcolm would grow up to look like his father, Hal. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> because of um, in terms of the name you know you have Malcolm but then you have Walter Walt, um, Malcolm in the show had a super special relationship with his grandpa which was Hal's dad mm-hmm. whose name was Walter Ooh, okay alright so yeah, that's you give me a little bit more yeah, that's that's the main that's the main um, threads that the fans are connecting to say that he grew up to be Walter. Okay, so here's the only thing that's going to be tough with that one, and that's to me is timeline in real world because Malcolm in the Middle basically I don't I know there's a term for it, but I can't think of it right now. Is happening is like playing out in front of us in real time. So it came out in 2000. This, the show was set in 2000, if I remember right. It was right. like, it was set in real time. And so like 2006, Malcolm would have been like maybe, but how old was he towards the end of the show? Was he 18 towards the end of the show? I don't remember. Okay. And so it ended in 2006. Breaking Bad came out in 2008, which was also set kind of real time Mm -hmm. and so walter's son in 2008 to 2008 was like already a teenager so malcolm was getting busy early on or the time frames don't match up i think that one's a series of really cool coincidences that possibly could have influenced some of the stuff in breaking bad right so okay yeah until we have if we have something showing timelines then yeah i think you could maybe make that argument with it right, or the, right. the theorist could make not you personally i know you don't care no i don't care <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i agree i agree mm-hmm. um this one's an interesting one i don't i don't know how much i would go with this one mm-hmm. and eric is in a coma for half of that 70s show aren't we all? um because they're saying in episode in season four, episode 15, Eric ventures out into a tornado where everyone else is at snow prom to pick Donna up from her radio station. In the subsequent scene, you can hear from an announcer the radio say that the warning has been lifted and that a local teen is in critical condition. If this was Eric, none of his families or friend would have known until after the storm died down, right? And that's when he became comatose and his mind took over the storytelling in an attempt to give his life an normal normalcy his he 
they're saying that he dies in the end, his mind lets go, and he imagines his friends and family living without him and shows up to say his last goodbye before dying in the finale. That one I don't know how much I go with that one. I don't either. One, the coma thing is, what, they're going to try to go, what was that show, St. Elmo's Fire? Yeah. Uh, no, all, uh, no, it was... Um, yeah. The, yeah, the, was that where the whole show was... No, it wasn't no, a Saint coma. Elsewhere. Saint, Saint Elsewhere. Saint Elsewhere. St. Elmo's Fire was something completely different. St. Elmo's Fire was the conspiracy one, which yes. was a great show. St. Elsewhere was the one where it was like, it was all taking place in a snow globe in yep. a kid's mind. Yep. Okay. Still, the coma one, because there is production. Or was it a coma? I think he was in a coma. I thought it was just all taking place in a, like he was autistic, maybe? I don't there know. There was. <laughs> where did this happen? But what's going to cancel out this theory, I think? I'm, I know now I'm like shooting shit down, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not doing it just because these are the ones that Chris threw out here. Um, these are some of these are older um the there is production of that 90s show in play i think that's actually coming out soon yeah it is which is a continuation of that 70s show which centers around their kid right so eric and donna's kid they had a daughter i believe and so he would have had to survive the tornado Yeah. Or oh, saying shit. elsewhere was a dream. It was a dream. Like one for a few seasons, I think. It did. It was a great show. I remember watching it with my grandparents. I don't remember watching. I just remember people being like pissed off about the end. Yeah, they say because like, it was why? so fucking weird. Why? Well, and the, yeah, and you're right about the snow globe too. He was there. Um, uh, where is it? I don't understand this autism thing, Pop. Here's my son. I talked to him. The kid's autistic. I don't know if he can hear me. He sits there all day long in his own world staring at that toy. What was he thinking about? Inside is a per replica of St. Elgis with snow swirling around. It's shut, sh fades to black. The entire series is a product of Tommy's imagination. Yeah. Cool. It was all a dream. It was all a dream. Oh, yeah. Good one. Now, this I, one's fucked up. I like this one. <laughs> Willy Wonka killed and sacrificed those kids in Cabin in the Woods style. 100% plausible. Um, Just because okay. that's one of my favorite he's movies. A fucking These are creep. two of my favorite movies combined yeah. in this series. Oh, me too. So, he's a fucking creep. You know, it's come out in later years, but I still love his work, Joss mm -hmm. Whedon. If all, the, if all the talk about him is real, you know, he's a fucking creep, but Love his work. Love Buffy. Love mm -hmm. Cabin in the Woods, you know. So wait, wait, which Willy Wonka version are they talking about? The original. The original? Okay. Yeah, Gene Wilder. Um, Cabin had laid out a few rules for making a sacrificial offering to summon demonic beings to destroy the world. Willy Wonka is basically following the same formula while giving children the tour of his factory. Each one of the kids is the five archetypes in, that Cabin in the Woods described. Augustus is the whore whose lust for food leads for his downfall. I could see that. Violet is the athlete who is a gum-chewing champion brought down by an athletic challenge. Veruca is the fool, a spoiled brat who blinding runs 
for clearly dangerous squirrels. Mike is the scholar, a television expert taken down by his arrogance. And finally, Charlie is the virgin, mostly because he has pure and innocent motives. I want to spin off of this theory after you wrap this one up. So basically what they're saying is, <laughs> Willie want like, this just makes me giggle because I'd never fucking thought of this. Like, this is so fucking far out there. Yep. But I love it. <laughs> he lured them in and then sacrificed them all to keep the elder gods at bay. <laughs> I'll buy it. And the Oompas are the little, they're demons. Oh, they're not like the little workers scurrying around placing bets on. No, they're like, they're <laughs> actually like demons. Okay. Here's a spinoff of the okay. Willy Wonka thing. When we start reading those off, like, hold on, something else makes sense. I wonder if somebody's already thought of this, and they have. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is a mm -hmm. representation of the seven deadly sins. Augustus is gluttony, obviously. Right. We don't even need to go into that one. Violet is pride because she flaunts the fact that she's the current record holder for her time spent chewing a piece of gum. And she's always wanting to be the center of attention. She's an obvious representation of pride. Mm -hmm. uh, Veruca Salt is greed, of course. Yep. You know, she doesn't care what she wants as long as she gets I it. I want it all. So little Mike is sloth because he's just obsessed with watching TV. And, and he sits down and doesn't do anything and watches mm -hmm. TV. Charlie is lust because he wants the ticket more than anything. Uh, Wonka is wrath. <laughs> Wonka is wrath? Taking yeah. it out on the children? Yeah, because especially if you go back on that, well, focusing more on the Gene Wilder version of him because he was a little out there. Mm -hmm. He he has some pretty violent sounding outbursts, and then envy is Grandpa Joe because you know he wanted to go. He was envious that Charlie and he wanted got to it. walk. Yep. So there's that. That's kind of a fun one. I yeah, I kind of like that one. Yep. But I'm going to go with the cabins in the woods style sacrificing. Um, I'm saying that is That's actually what the movie was about. Yeah. And then in the end, you see. Wonka with his everlasting gobstopper. He's got Augustus just eating his entrails. <laughs> and then in the back, <gasps> and it ties in with Futurama. Oh, the slurm factory? The slurm factory because mm -hmm. the queen is a demon. Mm -hmm. oh, that was a great episode. It was a great episode, but think about that now. What were the, the little, the, the Futurama versions of the Oompa Loompas? They were the uh, little slurms. Yeah, but they called him something. Uh, there's like Slurms McKenzie. No, 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 no. Not Slurms McKenzie. He was the mascot. The mascot. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I don't remember what they called him. <sighs> I can't though. remember what they called him. They have funny songs, though. Um, but you think uh, the queen's actually a demon. That makes sense. It does make sense. Listen to us. Praise the Dark Lord. Please, um, praise the Slurm. Praise Joe. Um, your, your next one, I'm going. I've only watched this movie once. I have not gotten through the movie, so we'll let you guys in the comments tell us. You, you read this theory off. I've heard this before. Right, I need the to go back and watch the movie. Doesn't matter in Inception. Um, so in Inception, the top tells him whether or not he's in a dream. It's right. it's his totem. At the end of it, um. 
we see at the end, we see the spinning top. It shows a hint of a falter, like, you know, kind of kind of blurps there. Um, And we aren't sure if Cobb is in the dream or not. Um, And they said the top doesn't actually matter. Cobb even says that the top is his wife's mouth, is his wife Mal's totem. Cobb's totem is his wedding ring. So it's actually his wedding ring, which is the totem, and the top has nothing to do with any of it. Watch the movie now, but I've heard about this for several years. And said in his dreams, he's wearing the ring, but when he wakes, the ring is gone. That's how you know he's awake in the final scene. His wedding ring is gone. Oh, okay. That's where it ties together. I'll have. I need to go. I need to watch that again anyway because it was a cool movie. It was hard to follow. It goes into the. It's different than our time travel things that we struggle with. Yeah, I, I consider it in the same vein just because of how difficult it is to follow sometimes. Right. This one's fun. This one's fun. Dexter created his entire family in Dexter's laboratory. Dexter's laboratory. Um, they said that. Oh, the theory, Dee Dee. Oh, Dee Dee. You're stupid. <laughs> um, ha ha. Ha ha, Dexter. Ha ha. It is I, Mandar. Um, that Dee Dee has a. Um, what is it? Perchance. Not perchance. Perchance. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, Pinchant. Pinchant. She, she blows shit up in this lab all the time yeah and the theory is that she blew up the entire family and killed them all but dexter in one of the accidents and dexter has already shown to have the ability to create clones and put intelligence in them so these are just clones and whenever they die he just creates new clones so that's why they don't bitch about the electric bill Uh uh-huh because he makes them forget yeah because that would be that would be a hell of electric if you think about it like, I would probably have an idea that something where, like, maybe not that my kid had a laboratory in the basement, but, like, when my electric bill went up 400 times right. normal, I'm like, hmm, something's going on. Unless he was nuclear power. Anyway. This next one's kind of interesting. So, Tom Hardy's Mad Max is mm-hmm. actually the feral kid from the Road Warrior, the one that throws the boomerang and does the backflip and catches it. Because he doesn't talk much. Uh-huh. That's the theory. This one, okay, so this kind of is similar. I've, I've I've seen some Mad Max series before. This one is kind of similar to the James Bond one in a way yeah. that there there is not one Max. That Max was it, it's almost the it's Dread like Pirate, title. almost the Dread Pirate Roberts kind of thing. There was that 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 it, it's a it's a title that gets passed and passed and passed. The other thing is that these, you know, because these stories happen in a very apocalyptic future, right? Right. The, there was the other thing that this these stories are being told. So the, the narrator of these stories is, is retelling these stories even further into the future, right? So we're not actually seeing these being told as, they're hap- as they've happened. They're even further in the future. Because these events aren't actually that far into the future of our timeline. Right. Um, and so part of, and I may butcher this because I'm trying to do all this off of memory. Part of that theory of these are being retold. These are like your heroic tales of, you know, uh, folk. You know, Mad Max, Max was, a, was basically a folk hero. Right. And these are right. being told by people further in the future, which... That is given credence from 
the the broken the weird style of english that they speak right because it's been lost over several several years like if we talk about um like king arthur or anything like that the way that we speak about it is a different form of, of language than was spoken then so okay. that's where the theory th that theory gains a little traction is that's being told further on that's also why some of this stuff doesn't totally line up and, and it may be you know taking care of some of the plot holes and things like that that these events may not this this isn't exactly how they happen this is a retelling and a very over-the-top telling of because max was a folk hero to the people in the far 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 future right. so okay i could I've go always, with that i've always liked that one i thought that was a cool one um next one ferris bueller is just a figment of Cam cameron's imagination from ferris bueller's day off um the theory is that cameron's sick in bed all day mm-hmm and he imagines the entire adventure in his head while he's sick. Because we all know fevers make us yeah. dream and see crazy shit. Um, and Cameron is an idealized version of him. Or Ferris is an idealized version of Cameron. Who has a crush on Sloane. And Ferris can actually talk to Sloane. I don't think that has so much ground. But it's an interesting theory. There was another one with Ferris Bueller. Uh, I mean, there's like a a Fight Club theory that they're the same person. Um, there was another one that I'm not even going to go into unless I could find it. I'm not going to find it right now, so because yeah, it's really dark and I right. don't want to butcher it, so we'll leave that one out there. But the there's you know they're the same person, the whole Fight Club type theory his other version whatever anyway whatever it is um then you've got next one we've got is all these jar jar binks fan theories like he was a sith lord um he's not an idiot like he makes himself out to be they one of the most popular theories is that he's a skilled force user mm -hmm. who is um very skilled in martial ability and mind control and that's how he was able to convince the entire Senate to go to war. So he would be like, um, he would be like a drunken master Jedi. A hundred percent. I don't want to believe it. I don't either. But they said <laughs> because it's Jar Jar. I do too. But you know, the real, real interesting one is you know J.J. Abrams was talking about this in 2015 he's like he heard he goes i heard this one about jar jar being a sith and i'm like whatever and then he goes and i read it he goes and it is so well thought out and written he goes okay this is remarkable that jar jar could be evil mm -hmm. you know so, and, and our oh god we already sound our generation and the generation generation back in our day Mabel. we don't like for the most part we don't like jar 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 mm -mm. We don't talk talk about Jar Jar. No, no, no. We don't talk about Jar Jar. No, sir. No, sir. Now, my kids really like Jar Jar. Like I almost like disowned mine when this when I found out about this because <laughs> my but, daughter's like, "Oh, he's so funny!" I'm like, "What'd you say?" Yeah, you, you go mow you go the yard. You get me. out of this. You get out of this. We're gonna fight right now. Fight me. But it's like the younger, like way younger generation, like you know 
to be our kids' age, we'd say mm-hmm. teenagers and younger, seem to like Jar Jar. You know why I think that is, though? Because they're stupid. Yeah, because they're stupid, one. But two, we grew up with the Star Wars original. Mm-hmm. So it has a very, very special place in our hearts where they've had all the Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So they yeah. weren't thrust into the world of the prequels. And we've talked about a lot. Star Wars has a, especially the original trilogy, has a very specific comedic tone to it. Mm-hmm. The, the comedy is there, and it's done in a very specific way. And even a lot of the prequels, it's done in a very specific way. The prequels don't have as much humor yeah. as the original trilogy. Um, but then you have Jar Jar, who, is, we, who I, I perceive as them really trying to shoehorn in some slapstick-type comedy. And it, doesn't, it didn't fit with the comedy of the original trilogy, the comedy tone, which really kind of died off after the original trilogy because even the, the, the sequel trilogy didn't have as much like there was some there there was some throwbacks and that style there but it wasn't there wasn't as much i think as the the original right trilogy so i'll go with that mm-hmm. uh, here's one i think is really interesting this is our final one okay pokemon as we know it takes place in post pokemon war society they've right. referenced the por- pokemon wars before um Lieutenant Surge, one of the original gym leaders from Red and Blue, mm-hmm. tells um, your character that the electric Pokemon, that electric Pokemon saved me during the war. And he's dressed in like army fatigues. And there's several other characters that are too. Here's where it gains ground. Okay. The war, they use Pokemon as, you know, given their power as living weapons. Right. You know, some have the powers of like, a-bombs, the legendary ones. Why would you send kids out with Pokédexes to categorize Pokémon? You know, cate- like stuff that you already know. Like scientists now, you know, they'll go categorize, you know, new, new stuff. We're constantly finding new creatures, right? Right. That never stops. But why would you have to go find out about ones that you already knew about? Squirtle, mm-hmm. Pikachu, um, uh, War Turtle, you know, all those, right? Well, the theory is, is because the war destroyed everything and all records. So they're having to redo society. And that's why it's kind of almost primitive in some aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have to go out and recollect all that data again. The rebuilding society is the theory. Oh, okay. I never thought about that. I'm not super Pokemon versed, but I, I follow. I love you. Pokemon. Yeah. Nah, nah, nah. Um, and then you know it's and then you've got the different games, the different regions. Yeah. You're always having to go out and do this, and they don't know about Pokemon from other regions. So society was split. Yeah. So. I just think it's kind of a cool theory. I love Pokemon. I like that one. I like that one. That's that's semi-similar to the Adventure Time one in a right. way, which is still so, one of my favorite ones. Yes. Okay, so, so out, of, 
Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, if you guys, if you all are interested in this kind of stuff too, there's a great YouTube channel, um, The Game Theorists. And I was telling Kyle this before the show, one of my favorites that they've done, it's like a 20 minute episode. It might be longer. Um, they go through the entire history of Five Nights at Freddy, Freddy's to explain what the bite was, what, who the purple man is. Like they do a great job at all this stuff. So it's, they're a really good source too. Like they really think this kind of shit out. Yeah. That may be on my agenda today to watch some more of that stuff since my original plans were shot. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, so, okay. So for us, before we wrap all this up, I'm curious, like what is, man, we could do a, there's so much stuff that we didn't even get close to, you know, there was, there's SpongeBob theories. There's, yeah, yeah. you know, tons of other ones, you know, we could, possibly do a follow-up on this one with a guest which would be really cool i would love to have a third party in on some of these yep um because these aren't these are some of the big ones but they're not even all the big ones like there's some mm -hmm. other stuff out there that's that's really cool to go over but i'm curious like uh so everything that we covered there's stuff that i've never heard there's stuff that you've never heard we just kind of meshed things together and came up with a pretty cool list mm -hmm. um what's your what was your favorite one out the of turtles, all turtles daredevil i figured you would like as like, soon as I found that one, I was like, oh, he's going to love this. Like, it's so interesting. Mm -hmm. And, what's and cool, it makes sense. That one's not even a fan. Like, that one's a confirmed. Yeah. They, but it's, it goes Eastman along with what we're talking. Said it, you know, and that's like, that's what was really cool. Yeah, no, that was by far my favorite one. Uh, man, mine. Mine? 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 I don't mine? know. It, it may be the Willy Wonka one. <laughs> <that you've>... <laughs> Just... <laughs> Just because, <laughs> well, it goes along with Spooky Saturday, I guess. I, I love, I love the the ones that are just so far. Okay, one that they can, that you know, I talked about earlier. You got people that just do these mental gymnastics to make this stuff make sense, right? They make it work, and there was a lot that was done in that one, and and they did it in a way to make it make sense, right? And it combines like two of my favorite I, I love cabin in the woods so much i do too it's i think it was moment. just such a they need to do a follow-up an underrated um it flew under the radar it wasn't super popular if you've never watched it go watch it but it's become a cult classic but it's so good and there's so many like i love funny horror stuff and it, it was it was comedic horror done very well mm -hmm. very very well so i'm gonna go with that one that may be one of my, that may be my favorite one. Um, <laughs> yeah, that may be that. That really may be my favorite one. You're that one or the the Blair Witch Project. But I'm going with the the Willy yeah. Wonka because it's just so much more elaborate and out there. Right. Well, yeah. tell us what you all think. Yeah, hop Post in the, in the comments. Let us know. We'd love to have conversation. Mm -hmm. um, I'll tell you, some people who are great about getting the conversation started are Chofe and Hughes. Yeah. They're mm -hmm. great about that. Um, you know, Alex, I know you're listening. You're one of our most loyal listeners. I'd like you in that Discord talking with us about this kind of stuff. Let's talk about some things. Um, and I, I, Rob I would and like Justin are always great. For us to plan another one of these, maybe bring some of the, the guys or gals in to talk about it because it, uh, I think there are just so many more out there or, you know, even come up with their own. If you yeah. guys have stuff that nobody else has thought of, put those in the comments and we'll – We'll Let's talk those, about it. We'll put we'll talk about them. We'll put them on. We'll do we I, I'm I'm all about doing a follow up on this one down the road. I'm down. So, 
So, well, everyone, with that, this has been Every Man's Guide to Nerd. I'm Chris. And I'm Kyle. Wherever you guys are, have a great morning, evening, night, whatever time it is in whatever part of the world you are in. And please be good to each other. Nerd conquerors yeah. up. It could get elevated. Nerd conquerors up. It could get elevated. Nerd core used to be just a made up word. MCs shied away from.